It is 7.02. It is time for the world-renowned, award-winning, even though this is our, like, sixth show or something like that, <laughs> award-winning show, the Brad and John Show. Good morning, John. How you doing? Good morning. I'm fantastic, Brad. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, it is going to be an interesting Wednesday. Uh, we're just talking off air about the fact that the month is almost done, second to last day of the month. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, John does his uh, website, johncombest.com. He highlights the uh, top events, uh, news events, political events around the state of Missouri. Number one, number two, number three. What's the? Let's start with number three. What's the third most uh, biggest event that's on the johncombest.com site this morning? Oh, you there? Number Oh, I, I'm here. Yeah, I lost you there. Are you there, Brad? Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, go ahead. I lost you there for a minute. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the number three story today will be a familiar one because we discussed it yesterday. Uh, Governor Mike Parson responded to a call from a Republican state representative who was suggesting that the state should block refugees from Gaza. So Governor Parson was at an event yesterday in St. Louis City and was asked about this proposal, and he said he is not on board. Um, he suggested that that – Missouri not paint all Palestinians with a anti-Hamas brush, and that really the federal government uh, supersedes Missouri when it comes to allowing refugees in. Well, I, so that's the that's the number three story today. I, I've got a question it's on that. The number oh. two story uh, is that St. Charles County uh, still has the opportunity to enter. The St. Charles County Council still has the opportunity to reintroduce. A resolution, a resolution that it debated on Monday night involving the relocation of Latino immigrants, I should say immigrants from certain Latin countries into the United States. That measure failed on Monday by a vote of three to three. However, if two members of the committee choose to bring the resolution back up, there can be another vote on it. So there's a little bit of debate over uh, whether that should come back up or not. I have a I have a really interesting and compelling clip on my website today uh, that was posted by a representative from the Bill Eigel campaign named Sophie Shore, who was confronted by two pro-Palestinian activists at the event. Um, one of them labels her a Gentile, which I believe she is, and another one uh, exclaims, she foolish. She foolish. She foolish. Okay. So now. it's a great clip. Uh, some some compelling visuals there. The number one story is uh, I post a link to Scott Fawn's midweek update. He had a veteran Kansas City reporter named Mike Mahoney, and then also Americans for Prosperity's Camilla Peterson, on to discuss a wide range of issues, including President Trump winning the Republican nomination, and ticked through each of the statewide races uh, in Missouri. So those are the top three stories today. Okay, let me go, let me go back to what you said. Uh, he's so foolish. I, ex explain that to me. I mean, is that, is that like well, some kind of weird? Uh, yeah, so essentially a staffer for, for Bill Eigel's campaign attended the meeting where Bill Eigel actually spoke about the resolution and a couple protesters, pro-Palestine protesters, clearly identified this young woman as being a conservative and essentially cornered her and were harassing her and asking her why she's supporting the Jews if she's a Gentile. I guess I, but I, okay, I don't quite understand that. I mean, if just because you're you're not Jewish doesn't mean you can't support Jewish people, right? I mean, right, and and 
Excuse me. I sorry, sorry, sorry for that sound there. I think that it's mostly just an issue of they identified, they likely identified Sophia as being with the Eigel campaign, or at least being a conservative, and we're just looking for a way to to harass her, give her a hard time. Well, to me, if you're a white person and something bad happens to black people and you support black people. I don't see any problem with that. You know what I mean? Or, or any other combination thereof. If you're if you're a white person and something something bad happens to Indian people, um, you know, why, what's the problem with saying, "Hey, I'm a white person, but I don't think this is fair the way Indian people or any other person, you know, is being is being handled." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, at the same time, I think these that when it comes to harassment at public events, it's generally just a matter of opportunity. So, again, if you see a, a young white woman who's well put together, she's obviously in your mind going to be a soft target and you should lob a few a few flaccid bombs her way. What now? <laughs> what? In other words, you're supposed to if, if she's an attractive woman, you're supposed to say, hey, babe, you're you're beautiful. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that if you see someone who appears to be a soft target, so a young female who's well put together, it's likely that if you're an instigator, you're going to view her as being an easier target than if you saw a guy that looked like he just hopped off a motorcycle and might be carrying. You see my point? Yeah, so in other words, in other words, uh, she, she's not, uh, um, and she was a staffer for Eigel? Is that what she was? Yeah, she works for Bill Eigel's campaign. She's also a staffer in the Missouri Senate. But my point is, is that if you see, you know, if you see a young woman that looks like a soft target, you're going to you're going to come up to her. Those people wouldn't dare step to Bill Eigel uh, because he's tall and he's an older man. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, Bill Eigel is 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 not the kind of guy you want to mess with because he's a pretty big dude. He's what, like six, four, six, five. Something yeah, like that. he's and not only that, but, you know, I, I think it helps if you if you got if you got a little bit of a look of crazy about you. I learned that from my dad. You know, if you got a, li- if you look like you might be one of those crazy white boys, people might not mess with you. <laughs> My dad also delivered beer in St. Louis City for Falstaff and Gray Eagle. My dad spent a lot of time after dark on Martin Luther King Boulevard back when it was Easton Avenue delivering beer. So he taught me a little bit that w- that came in that came in handy on the streets of Spanish Lake. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, having having worked uh, as as through my my college years as a police dispatcher, I learned somewhat of that that street smart kind of stuff too from the cops because yeah. you know if you got a cop that's been on, especially somebody like you know in a not not a cop who's living in Ladue or working at Ladue or something like that, but if you got a cop that's working like North City or, or something like that or one of the tougher tougher suburbs, I mean those guys are extremely street smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, they've been through it. At, at, at the company formerly known as Monsanto, we had some security guys who had worked in Kenlock, had worked in Berkeley, and the stories they tell. And I, I should mention, too, as a coda to the St. Charles County Council story about these these protesters confronting this young woman, she had the best line, which was, get out of my face. And as, as soon as she said that, you could see them, you could see this, this human that presents as male, uh, Wilt. I mean, his argument got, got quite flaccid in a hurry. I don't understand, uh, I, you know... I... I had an interesting conversation of all people yesterday with uh, went to the uh, O'Fallon Chamber of Commerce general membership meeting and talked for I don't know five six seven minutes with with uh, Mike Elam. Now I yeah. have I quite honestly maybe I have a kinship with Mike Elam because I I think uh, you know this or not he's a former radio guy he's originally from from uh, from Arkansas born and raised in Northwest Arkansas 
and moved here to the St. Louis area to work at a news talk station. It was doomed, unfortunately. It was the old KXOK. I don't know if you know this story or not. I do but remember KXOK. I don't know the story, though. I remember the call on it. Yeah, they went to the, it was bought by the Frischling family. Uh, we're still in the broadcasting business. And they decided they were going to go after CamoX. They were going to go after full, full bore after CamoX. And they put on a, essentially a, if you're familiar with this, like a WBBM, a Chicago or a W, uh, uh, what station in, in New York be? Um, anyway, a, a, a big market news station where what they do is, it's not like we know of like what we do or what 97.1 does or any of the talk stations. It's all news. And gotcha. they have, you know, they have a, a, you know, like a rotating format clocks. In other words, at the top of the hour, they pay, play like the network news. And then they come in with local news. And then they have like a, a meteorologist come on. And then they have a sports guy come in. And then they repeat that like every 15 minutes. So in other words, when are you listening, you're always going to hear the headlines. You're going to hit some in-depth story. You're going to hear the weather. You're going to hear the sports, blah, blah, blah. And they did that. And it unfortunately failed quite miserably. And part of the deal was it wasn't executed the best, but it just never went anywhere. And Mike Elam was brought in. He got hired. That was one of his big breaks in the radio business. He got hired to come wow. to St. Louis. So anyway, I was talking to him yesterday. First off, I was somewhat, he sort of made fun of me when I said this. He made the comment that, and I thought he was kidding. Did you know he's running for county executive? I did not know that, no. Well, neither did I. <laughs> I wow. said to him. Now, has he, has he mentioned that publicly? Yes, apparently that is. I wow. said I said okay. to him, when he because we were in a private conversation with, of all people, do you know who Kurt Barr is? Yeah, former state representative, and now is the uh, he right. leads elections. Right, and you know we were on the way out. This was after the, the event were over. We were talking about this, and he said, "I believe it's um, it's uh, him, um, it's Nick Guccione, who's the mayor of Wentzville, and I think one of the county councilmen, Justin Law, I believe is that is that is that is that his, his it name? sounds familiar, yeah. And they're all three obviously Republicans because you know how it is. It's the inverse of the city. If you win the the primary, you're in, you know. Yeah. And in St. Charles County, it's the Republican primary. In the city, it's the Democratic primary. And he was talking about about this situation. I said to him, I said, "Bitch, bet you had fun last night," you know, because that was Tuesday yesterday. So Monday would have been the county council meeting. And he said. He made a comment, and I wish, you know, we don't have our phones working here. I wish I could call him and, and have him explain this. But he said the protests that went on after they did the vote and when the meeting was shutting down, if they would have done that ahead of time, he would have switched his vote. Because wow, apparently they, they were so obnoxious and so in your face that he would have switched his vote just to spite them. And I'm going like, oh, you know, hold on a minute now. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. Now, and, and with all due respect to Mike, because I don't know him and I haven't met him and I certainly respect your your relationship with him. What does it say about an elected official's uh, North Star if they're going to be that swayed well, he, by protesters one way or another? He said that the whole thing was that and he sort of put it in the perspective. It, it doesn't really mean anything because it's 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 a it's a um, um, um you know what is it? Uh, uh, what my mind's not working well this morning. It's it wasn't. It's a non-binding resolution. Exactly. Not, it yeah, was. There's it was no a, real teeth behind. It, it was a non-binding resolution. And essentially, right. it was sort of no a, a lot of ado about nothing because of the fact that there's not going to be any rule changes in St. Charles County. Nobody's going to be kicked out. Nobody's going to be invited in. It's just one of those things yeah. that just. It's it's just okay. This is how we feel. It'd be like, hey, you know, we, you know, they would be like saying, hey, we want we want In and Out Burger to come to St. Charles County. You know, we'll For be sure. more than happy. You know, and people are gonna go, okay, so why did you do that? Well, we like In and Out Burger, and we thought maybe if we made a resolution, they might consider coming to St. Charles County. 
I don't know. It was sort of interesting. I, I have a lot of respect for Mike. He, and he's taken a lot of heat over the last couple of days on this. Matter of fact, I was, before you and I went on the air yesterday morning, I'm once again being the radio geek, I was listening to a couple other stations on 97.1. He was really taking some heat from Mark Cox yeah. and a couple other people. I um, expect, and, you know, I, I imagine it would be hard to win a Republican primary in St. Charles County if you're on the record as opposing Th- this measure you know i mean i think you're i think you're starting off on your back foot there well here was the most important thing i think he said and i think this is this is important that i note this he said the problem he had was with the resolution in general because it paints st charles county in a bad light in other words yeah it's like, he was quoted saying that in the post-dispatch right today. that's his in exact words, quote in other words he's saying like look we're a bunch of white people we don't want anybody else coming in from any other country any other ethnicity we're just a bunch of white folks and we're happy with our little county stay the hell out you know and yeah and and i thought that was a very reasoned um, statement because of the fact that that the crazy thing about it is is st charles county does get painted as this is whitey white bread county but there's a lot of diversity even in st charles county i can yeah take, i can t- and well and i mean you know the the diversity comes more and more every day. Look at the area around Lindenwood. I mean, when I was in high school, that was a white area. Right. Well, but but you're seeing you're seeing there's I can take you to a couple of of what do they call it in 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 Spanish? Is it bodega or, or, or yeah bodegas? I can yep. take you to a couple places there. In there's one right off of 70 in Zumble. Uh, I know there was one apartment complex that had a bunch of of uh, Mexican uh, workers who'd come in for the, uh, you know, all had, you know, documented, you know, workers the whole bit, come in for the lawn care season. And, you know, I've been in places before. Matter of fact, I can tell you quite a few places in St. Charles County where I routinely hear people speaking Spanish. So yeah. it's not like, you know, like it's just like areas like, oh, it's nothing but white folk. But I sort of see where he's coming from. I mean, first off, he said, and this is, you, you read all this stuff, you probably already said, he said, this is Mike Elam, he said the whole thing was Nick Schroyer's idea. He said that's how this whole how this whole thing got started that Nick Schroyer went to went to uh, Joe Brazel and said, "Joe, we need to have a resolution in St. Charles County." That's how the whole thing got started. So, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what that's what Mike said. Well, you know, a good question for Mike Elam would be if the resolution does indeed come up again and I look, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be brought up again, how will he vote? Well, like I said, if I get my phone system to work, which it does right yeah. now, I'd call him up and I'd say, and I, I asked him because my last comment to him as we're walking out the door, I said, Mike, we've switched to, you know, KSOQ over to talk. He was like, what? What? And I showed him Egbert and he, he went, he shook his head. He goes, I don't get it. Right. Hey, you know what? I mean, you know, if things go well, the folks in the Westplex might be able to listen to Egbert, considering the number of texts that Brad and I get asking when streaming is coming, it might be coming to the Westplex soon. You might be able to listen from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. One of these days, one of these days. Well, I asked him, the question I asked him was, he works for Odyssey. He fills in on both Camo X and on 97.1. And I said to him, I said, now that you're officially, I guess he's the declared candidate for county executive, I said, would that get you in trouble if I had you on my station? He goes, no. He says, just call me ahead of time and we'll arrange something. So Nice. I see... I, you know, the interesting thing about it is I know Mayor Guccione, I don't say fairly well, but I've seen him at many events, and he's been very complimentary to both myself and Shelly and the radio station for stuff we've done, stuff like that. And once again, if you know what's going on in Wentzville, great community. I mean, the, what's interesting about it is what's happening in St. Charles County, and this is going to be interesting because everybody in St. Charles County is like the senior management. Like you've got... Uh, 
you know, uh, Steve Elman, who I believe is 72. You've yep. got Dan Borgmeyer, who's the mayor of St. Charles. Dan's 76, although he sure doesn't look it. He looks pretty darn wow, good. Wow, I seven. had no idea he was that old. Yeah, he's 76. Then you've got uh, then you've got uh, Len Pagano. I don't know how old Len is, but I know he's got to be in his 60s. Then yeah. you've got uh, Nick Guccione, who's way up there in his in his in his in his years. Um, as a matter of fact, and then you've got uh, Bill Hennessy, the mayor of O'Fallon, who once again is got to be in his least middle to late 60s. So you've got a whole group of people that. You know, there's going to be a probably within, you know, five to ten years, there's going to be a whole new wave of people who are running, you know, both obviously the situation with with the county executives. um, And uh, and I believe that Nick, I think he told me that Nick Guccione is going to run for reelection for mayor because his election comes up in 2024. Um, Anyway, it's going to be interesting. And and once again, I like all of them, because if you look at what's happened in St. Charles County, very reasoned management for the most part. You know, there's some crazy stuff yeah. that all politicians do. You go like, why did they do that? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But and so you know, uh, uh, go ahead, Brad. I don't no, mean but but it's 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 a stable environment. Um, you know, and I guess the thing that bothers me about this is that almost, and I even said something to Mike. I go, Mike, all these protesters, they come in in a bus. And he essentially said they were all recruited. They're, they're, most of them, he says, of course they were. almost all yeah. of them were not from St. Charles County. They were from someplace else. Of course they were. And so, you know, and the beauty of it, we discussed it yesterday, is that St. Louis Public Radio captured a woman gasping at Bill Igel. And it's like, <laughs> welcome to the club. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do, you, do you think that Bill, Bill Igel has a chance for governor? I mean, do you think it's like, do you think he's is some crazy, weird alignment of the planets he could make as governor? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I, – so first of all, Mike Kehoe, in my opinion, and I'm in, I'm in the minority here, Brad. I don't think Jay Ashcroft is the front runner. I think if the election were held today, Jay Ashcroft would win. I think Mike Kehoe is the front runner. I think Bill Igel would tell you that Mike Kehoe is the front runner. But I think Bill definitely has a chance. He's He is running the best campaign Come in November of 2023, Bill Igel is unquestionably running the best campaign. Do you really think so? Absolutely. Yeah. Here, here, I, and I think, however, I think that Mike Kehoe still has the advantage because he is, as lieutenant governor, he's essentially the incumbent. And pretty much every establishment group in Missouri politics has either endorsed Mike Kehoe for governor. Or will endorse Mike Kehoe for well, governor. I was going to now. S- it's we're still we're still months out from the primary. Well, I was going to say the reason that I thought that Mike, I'm seeing like up and down the interstate, I'm seeing Mike Kehoe billboards already. Yeah. I mean, he, he and the other thing that, that you can't discount is Mike Kehoe will probably have a significant money advantage. Mike Kehoe will have a money advantage. It's just a matter of how much more money he will have uh, compared to Bill Eigel. And the other interesting thing, now this is Bill Eigel's upside you and I know Bill Eigel, folks that are listening right now. If you're listening to the show, you already know Bill Eigel. If you're a generic Republican voter in western Missouri or Springfield, you don't know who Bill Eigel is. But once you start seeing ads that show him, you know, taunting liberals and standing up to the swamp and all the other messages from him, you would be open to say, hey, I kind of like that. I've never heard of this Igel guy before, but he sounds pretty cool. You know, he did a show for a while when Tracy first launched her station. Right, he did. Yeah, uh, Mikey, um, uh, Bill Igel was, was, on, was on Tracy's station. He did like a two-hour show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Do you know, uh, that's, it's dovetails something I want to talk about this morning. Do you know the backstory of Mike Kehoe? 
about being from St. Louis. He he didn't have a father. Yeah. Do you know Do you know the you know the intersection between the, Mike the Dave Sinclair? Is this the Dave Sinclair story? Yes. Do you know this yeah, story? I do. I, maybe in the next segment you can recap. It, that. It's pretty fascinating because of the it fact is. that that Mike Kehoe is one of these guys who did not have a good start of life and. Right. He's had some some mentors in his life, and one of them was Dave Sinclair, the, yeah. the departed car dealer who now his sons run their run the dealership. And it's actually fairly fascinating because he talks about the fact that he was held to a very high standard by Dave Sinclair. Yeah. And Dave Sinclair, I, well, we'll tell the story. We got to take a break anywhere we're behind schedule. Uh, this is Brad and John, Brad and Joe, uh, Brad and Joe, Brad and John show, uh, BJShow.co, which is still not up and running. We're just a hell of a mess right here. If you want to check out what the radio station is all about, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T, EgbertOnAir.com. Once again, we are the start of talk here in the morning. Uh, Eight to noon, it is Armstrong and Getty. Noon to three, it is Mr. Red Red State, Eric Erickson. And then from three to seven in the afternoon, actually, excuse me, three to six in the afternoon, it's Markley, Van Camp, and Robinson. It is 7.23.